microphone. There oh. you go. We're recording. Hey, look at that. Hey. Uh, well, hello, everyone. Um, this is the first episode of I Asked for Rice, which is the pod... Fuck. Which is the, the pod podcast that, um, that me and Erica are, are recording now. Yeah. Because, because of the high demand. There's been a lot of demand. How many people have asked? Let's see. Um, I wonder if we should name names. Mm. Let's name. Let's rhyme the names. Okay. So um, people know if we're talking about them. Jane. Sachi. Crickets. Yeah, I I thought you were gonna go with the, just the, just the Miss. Bit. No, because that that implies that she's a teacher. But now we've then vocalised that she's a teacher, and now everyone knows <laughs> that she's a teacher. I think I think we're still safe. I think we're still safe. Okay. Um, who else has asked? Um, nothing rhymes with Kate Foley. Nothing rhymes with Kate Foley. Kate Foley, um, and that's it. I feel kind of cringe for doing shout outs at the beginning of the of the, of the, <laughs> the podcast. Well, but, you know, I think I most heard... likely those are going to be the two people listening to this episode. Exactly. So, so it's not cringe at all. We need to secure the the listener base at the beginning. That's true. Straight straight off the bat. Straight. Immediately, <laughs> within seconds of starting recording, <laughs> I feel. Well, I feel like a, a holistic approach is better for a podcast. Meaning, I don't know what holistic means. I'll tell you why I read it though. I read it. I read the word holistic today, because I was looking for a VPN for the school computer, and <laughs> to download Gwent. Okay, to right, download Gwent the game. And and then I ended up clicking instead of on the the um the plugins on the computer, I ended up clicking on Impero. You know, Impero, the little. It's a software that the school uses on all the computers oh yeah and it basically is like it does keyword searches it shuts down youtube okay yeah. you know kids at school know about that it does all the safeguarding stuff and they said that impero promotes a holistic approach to learning uh-huh. and i still don't know what that means it can mean a lot of things well i mean judging from that you know sentence could imply like you know quite restricted yet you know safe Quite, you know, quite safe. Mm. So I've read it in the book Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And that's actually Doug, in the Douglas title. Adams, and you still don't know what the word means. Yeah. I've read the book. I just don't know what holistic means. But you can be a holistic detective. Yeah, but it's, it's a Douglas Adams book, so you know it could be like a bit of a joke thing. But if a detective can be holistic and a, a approach to learning can be holistic, th- does that narrow it down? Hmm. It narrows it down to that we know it's a word. Yeah. And, you know, could be used as an adjective. It's not a noun. Not a noun. I feel like it's... I feel like it's kind of meant to be almost like... Kind of modernist. Like, logical... I kind of feel like Googling it. You can Google it. I feel like this conversation's gone on for a while. You can Google it if you like. We're talking about a word that we don't know what it is. But But it feels like I should know it. It feels like when I say it, I understand it. Holistic is a philosophy characterized by the belief that the parts of something are intimately interconnected and explicable only by reference to the whole. So. So. So, impero wants to... It means thinking in the big picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like China. Like China? Like the Chinese economy. Mm. Put it in the perspective of the Chinese economy and I'll understand. Mm. The, That's pa- a Chinese man. the parts of the parts the the parts of the machine service the whole. Yeah, just like every business in the Chinese economy serves the state. That is true. 
And so that's what holistic means. Yeah, so you're saying China's got a holistic economy? Yes. Hmm. And now we've applied it. Now we've now used the word in a sentence. Now we can move on. <laughs> we can move on from us not understanding what a word is. Alright. So Another word I don't understand. Boonta Eve. Boonta Eve. That is a word I can explain to you, if you'd like. I would. Well, Boonta Eve is the name of the annual pod race that takes place on Tatooine. Is it annual? Do you know it's annual? I don't know it's annual. You don't know it's annual. But, you know, why, why, would, they, why would they run those horrible races more than once a year? If it's the that boon, is true. Pod, I reckon pod races happen... This is Star Wars. This is Star Wars. For, for some context. I reckon they run minor pod races throughout the year for very small prize pools. And uh-huh. the Boonta Eve is the name, the like, the, like the Grand Prix. Oh, okay, yeah. Is the name of the podca- podcast. Oh, dear. <laughs> the name of the pod race that, that, that gives you the, the big money, uh-huh. essentially. That's what that's the big guys come to play. Because from the video game Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer... Is that a league? Know. Is that like a Grand Prix? Uh, it's like a Grand Prix, but you go to... But it's like, there's like one map of each planet. Okay. It's like a... It's like a tour. It's like, yeah. It'd be much like the Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, you go to Silverstone, then off like Monaco the next week. Yeah. But then, but there's other planets with with pod races. But those planets don't seem as, like, populated as Tatooine is. And Tatooine's barely populated. populated. Yeah, but it's like, there's big, like, clumps. It's like Australia. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. big areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mos Eisley. Mm-hmm. Where I want to buy my power converters. But, <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, but there's, there's like a there's like a snowy planet. Right, right, okay, and that that's that's not the Lego one. That's not the Lego one. That's the that's the licensed pod racing game. It's a whole video game. Just for pod racing. Yeah. The thing, yeah, the, the weird thing about Star Wars is all the planets are just one biome. Yeah. Like Tatooine's just like this whole thing's desert. Yeah. You know, we don't care about the equator. It's just hot Long sand. Time. Yeah. No water. There's no seasons. But you're looking at the planet from space, it's all sand. Yeah. Like, is there lakes? No. Because surely for them to farm moisture, yeah. water has to evaporate from somewhere. I reckon, I reckon moisture farming is only sustainable because of the shitty life forms that exist on the planet. Mm-hmm. And the, the piss and the urine and feces of those <laughs> of those animals so Owen Lars is just sucking yeah freaking jawa piss well yeah and, and like and like sweat and, and the water and the, the, the any any fluid essentially that can be water that evaporates into the air the atmosphere because the atmosphere has to have some level of humidity yeah but that that becomes the moisture farming mm-hmm. right because cause if, if you've got an atmosphere on a planet there has to be some level of moisture, even if it's minuscule. And that's one of the reasons why they have to take the moisture out of the air, because it's the mo- most moist thing. Yeah. But I also feel like... That seems like a kind of, like, machine job. Yeah. You know, there doesn't seem like you have to, like... Because the whole thing in episode four is... Luke isn't allowed to go to the flight school because he needs to stay on for one more season to help with the farm. Yeah. But how much helping does he need to do? Well, I pose this question... Tatooine's a poor planet. Yeah. Right. Much like um, Jakku. Mm-hmm. Which is basically... They're almost the same place. Yeah, functionally. They're just desert planets. But 
they're, they're very poor people that live on these planets because they are poor planets, uh-huh. right? But living there, it, it's like a it's like a small closed loop of cheap living, but extremely low wages yeah. and extremely low income, right? So if you're born there, or if you live there, you're not going to be able to afford droids per se, or even. But he just buys two droids straight off the Luke. Well, yeah, uh, his uncle does. But remember that these—that was a protocol droid and an astromech droid. Yeah, those. The, 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 the protocol droid can do barely anything for the. Yeah, that's not, they don't really need and a the, protocol. An astromech droid, all it does is interface with machinery and also pilot. But I think that'd be quite useful for what <coughs> you see on the moisture farm. They've got these big like the moisture fire things. Pilot, yeah, the pylons. So I think that might be useful to have an astromech droid because you can just say R two. <coughs> Go to this pylon and interface and interface with it. Get get all the moisture out. I suppose. Give me a glass of juice. But at the same time, I feel the reason why Luke would be able to stay on Luke is because he's effectively free free labor for his for his art. Yeah, yeah. Like because he does say, um, "This is going to be a big harvest this year. I'll then I'll be able to force some. Uh, yeah, I'll be able to hire some hands." Yeah, exactly. So I, I, one of the reasons why I think that there are no, it's not a machine job, is because the income is so minuscule. Because it's a shit job, because it's an easy job, yeah. that there's there would be no reason to expend income to get droids mm-hmm. to increase efficiency, because your body can do the job almost as twice as easy as a droid could. Yeah, less yeah. money. But the weird, the other <coughs> weird thing about it is the fact that it's harvest. Yeah, like moisture is a seasonal thing. Because mm. you do a crop harvest. That's true, because that yeah that just like struck me as like kind of kind of like a weird thing, but obviously, talking about it in real life yeah they said it because people understand it in real life yeah yeah it's it's like intertextuality yeah they but like yeah. in the context of moisture farming, surely you just be like moisture farming constant forever, like you wouldn't be like <clears throat> storing it up until no. like the spring, or whatever well, your desert season is. Well, then it might, it might, those plants might work on the basis of kind of like a, a, a wet season, dry season, but in a much more mm-hmm. dry way. It's like a, like a, a moist season. A more moist season. And a crusty season. Yeah. And then a f- extremely dry season and uh-huh. then a very minutely more moist season. Yeah. So that he might be harvesting up to the point of the end of the dry season. Yeah. Or the beginning of the dry season. Mm-hmm. So then he can then siphon his water out. And then sell it. Yeah. Or also... Income with moisture farming might quite easily come from the fact off off world traders coming in to buy the moisture. Do you think? Right. No, I don't think people. I don't think if if, it's I, if, if people. If, I don't know. I think if people are traveling from off world, why would you go to Tatooine for moisture? No, no, you're correct. That's, I think that's, yeah. That's, that's I think I think he sells to the guys that live on Tatooine. Yeah, well, I thought I think yeah because obviously moisture is useless to someone who doesn't live on Tatooine. Yeah, but that's the kind of weird, like, society that they live in, where they have to, their livelihood, their their life, yeah. is dependent on this moisture yeah. being farmed up by own laws. Like, what if the machine fails? Then he's just like, you know, this the whole town is then going to either die or have to get that moisture from somewhere else. Yeah. Although, I, th- I, think, I think moisture, I imagine moisture farming, the culture... Of moisture farming to be somewhat like like Icelandic communities, mm-hmm. in which there is no main supply of power. 
aka moisture. Mm-hmm. But instead, there are moisture farmers whose job is to agriculturally cultivate moisture on yeah. their moisture farms. But then every everyone, every household or every group of households, almost like a well, okay, yeah. might have their own moisture mm-hmm. pylon or moisture farming device to harvest a minuscule amount of moisture, which would service them, not for profit, simply for... Yeah, because that feels like something I'd want to invest in if I was living on Tatooine. Because I, I feel like, you know, I I drink quite a lot of water. I'm quite a thirsty guy. Yeah. yeah but imagine f- how thirsty you'd be on Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. But, but imagine I, I have to pay out of pocket per, like, amount of water. You know, I obviously do with, like, a water bill. Yeah. But, like, it's going to be a lot. The amount of people pay for a water bill is going to be a lot less than you'd be paying on Tatooine for water. Mm. Due to the fact that water's not very abundant. Well, that, that's, yeah, because it, it's, the, it's the demand yeah. that creates the supply. But at the same time, it's hard to imagine how society began on a desert planet without moisture farming even being something that existed. Yeah. Well, I think... They must all be immigrants. There's no way that yeah. things... Well, I born. think maybe, like, the sand people, the Tuscan raiders, are the natives. Yeah. I think, well, I think that's been... the allegory, isn't it? That's yeah. The, that's, the, that's, the, that's the where they stand. They stand mm-hmm. as, like... Native Americans or Aborigine people yeah. that are meant to be portrayed in a basic and simple way, mm-hmm. and then they are savages. Yeah, because Tatooine's out on the Outer Rim, so like, yeah. people will just be like, hey man, I'm not really liking being in one of the central systems. Coruscant's too big for my boots. Mm. I'm moving out to Tatooine. Coruscant's is a massive place. It's, yeah. it's kind of scary. Because it's not, it's not even like you land and then what you see is what you get. It's like... There are hundreds of floors, hundreds of levels. Yeah, you're just vibing on the, like, imagine like you drop your phone. Mm. Like. Balcony, just a balcony. just. Yeah, whoosh. you're like taking a picture of the balcony. Someone's like, hey, come over here, and you turn around too fast. And you drop your phone. You drop your phone. And, and it just... falls for hundreds of kilometers. Yeah, down like the core. Because well, that, that's the thing. There have got to be some people born on Coruscant in very, you know, extreme poverty who never see the sky. Yeah. Who live and breathe and work and die in a bubble of just artificiality mm-hmm. which is scary yeah well it's kind of like that Doctor, Rip, that Doctor Who episode you know the one with like all the cars which one? it was like a David Tennant one mm. like there was like a massive traffic jam <clears throat> yeah. that had been there for like two years and there was the crabs in the gas oh okay I, I can't remember that one okay yeah but it's like that so these people just like have been like sitting in their cars yeah. For like two years, just like stuck in traffic. As they're trying to like get. And obviously, it's like anomalous, so they, they still stay alive if they just live. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like, there's like food trucks that like come around. Really? Yeah. What a strange place. But it's like, because that, but that's all like underground. Hmm. Okay. Is, so, it, is it. Is it. I forget. Doctor Who is the past or the future, that's it. Uh, you go into the past or you go into the future. And you go to different places in the past or the future. There are some episodes set in modern times, but it's no. But, I'm, like... but I mean, like, there's no alternate universe shenanigans. It's simply well, there actually are there are some parallel universes, but they're very few and far between, and often use an ultimatum, like um. The t- there are like multiple doctors overlap and stuff sometimes. Yeah, but that's still like that's a time, time travel thing. Mm-hmm. There was the end of Rose Tyler. Yes. She got sent to a parallel universe. Okay. Because people came from a parallel universe. To take her? No, to kill the Cybermen. So the Cybermen, the robot guys, had taken over London from the future. 
No, in this parallel, that's the, that's the thing. It's all a parallel universe. Where Cybermen had existed for a while. Yeah. So they've completely replaced infrastructure and technology mm-hmm. with cyber stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was a parallel universe. And then Rose got, like, stuck there. So... And so then she lived in the parallel universe. Yeah. And then came back. No, she didn't come back. That's well, yeah, they like they had the adventure in the parallel universe, and then like, the Cybermen like came to our universe later on in the series. And that's when the Cybermen officially joined the timeline, the true yeah. timeline. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah, because then they were there, and then like people from that parallel universe came to ours, but they had like a limited number of charges on their parallel universe majiggy thing, and then they were like, hey. And then to like save Rose's life, because there's like a. Because the Daleks were there as well. This is a crazy thing to summarize in like minutes. But then, so there was like a. The portal. Yeah. That was into like a, a separate pocket dimension. So there were the Daleks, Daleks were. and Cybermen. Yeah, there was a big, it was a big thing. It was a Dalek versus the Cybermen. Oh, wow. Okay. So the Daleks were all in like a pocket dimension. Weren't they imprisoned there? Or something? Uh, Don't they have their own TARDIS? Like that kind of was yeah that was it so it's they were all in that and then like there was like a wall that was sucking <laughs> and I'm not sure if that was sucking into the Dalek TARDIS thing or sucking into the parallel universe <laughs> no it wasn't sucking into the parallel universe but and then there are like these like lever things and they're both hanging on and then Rose slips and then her boyfriend from the parallel universe catches her and takes her back to the parallel universe and that's where she stays and then she stays there but then that was like the end of the character wow because like the doctor can't travel between parallel universes no he just goes blue or red yeah like, like the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons <laughs> like the Nintendo Switch the past or the present yeah or the future that's the thing Do- Doctor Who I knew a lot of big Doctor Who fans mm-hmm. and I wanted to get into Doctor Who but I wasn't at the stage in like year six or year five, you know, or year four, year four, five, six, where I had the time nor the brain power to watch something from five years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that, that might seem like a stupid thing to say, but like as a kid, I think it's so hard to, like even like just black and white films, mm-hmm. your attention just immediately, if you see a black and white film, it's yeah. like a, like a it's 10 year like, old, your attention's just like, yeah, so gone. you're like, you're want you want colours. Mm-hmm. You're just like, like okay, well, you, cool. It's like a like I was like, two thousand and one. Like, I'm raised be, on colour. Yeah, like I used to be sat there watching a cartoon. It's like, man, they got some cool greens in this one. Mm-hmm. But like black and white, it's like, that's mm. I didn't want to watch black and white films when I was when I was little. Yeah. Because I just I just I just immediately, I, did, I did, not devalued, but just dismissed them. Yeah. Just because of, just because they were old. Mm-hmm. But what's fun about something old, and so like when it comes to the old Doctor Who stuff, even though it wasn't black and white. It's still older television. Yeah. And then watching the newer stuff, it just gets scarier and scarier. Like some of the David Tennant stuff. Yeah. The f- is 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 scary. Yeah, because my parents were big Doctor Who fans, so at the beginning of the new series. Yeah. Which was in like two thousand and five. Mm. So I was like three, maybe four. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, the first episode was so scary. Yeah. No, it's scary stuff. Like they're like, okay, Eric, come and watch. It might be a bit scary, and I was like. This would be easy, man. This would <laughs> what, be easy. This, what, how old? Like four. Well, you you were like... 
Yeah. Sit me, you sit me on that stuff. Yeah, I think it was about, yeah, it was about 2005, 2006, maybe. Alright, so you would have been like four or five. Yeah. So I was like, sat down. Doctor Who was there. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. This is a guy. Then, which episode was that? Was that That's that... the one with the mannequins. Oh, yeah. So I was just like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like, went to like a shopping centre, met this girl and I was like, okay, cool. He's kind of funny guy, kind of funny. Then the mannequins start moving. I'm like, that was a scare, and then and then the bin swallowed someone. Yeah, and then the bin swallowed Mickey. Because 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 it was it wasn't the mannequins. It was the it was, it was like, plastic, a, a, like an alien plastic. that was could, was Orton living plastic. Is the name. Man, the CGI was bad. I can still remember. There wasn't there wasn't much CGI. Like, in the bin CGI. The bin yeah okay the bin had CGI yeah. He vored she, well, he, yeah. the bin vored <laughs> Mickey. Fully vored him. But that was so scary. I was like I was fully scared. Well, I got like M and S or something mm. as a kid with my mum. I was like fully like still scared of like shot mannequins well, I think, for a while I think people have a fear of it's like the uncanny valley yeah it people is. have a fear of something that resembles a human but doesn't but isn't one mm-hmm. that's scary yeah and mannequins don't have a face either so like the one thing that you can emote with in a person is gone or well, sometimes it's like just, a, it's just sometimes their form the, like the jawline the cheekbones and the brow mm. or, or like, like a nose. nose yeah or just a bridge of a nose mm-hmm. but then the thing is the second episode I watched and wasn't scared of not because it it wasn't that scary they went to like the future no but the thing is watching the first episode I didn't realise that the Doctor wins every episode oh so you thought like this was this was it this is, he's dead well I, I didn't know I didn't yeah. know that like I was like nah, how's he gonna get out of this but I realised <laughs> that the Doctor pretty much wins every episode like yeah some, sometimes he like loses a bit they, they switched like, up the formula in like I believe it was like Matt Smith, mm-hmm. where he like because they did some like two parters. Yeah. Where and then at the end of the yeah they had some two parters where he kind of got like fucked on. Yeah. And also I feel like we're switching to Matt Smith here uh-huh. as the doctor that I watched predominantly. Yeah. Did you watch? Okay. Yeah. So you actually um, watched Matt Smith because after David David Tennant I really liked David Tennant but I didn't watch him when he came out. Mm-hmm. I watched him after the fact. Yeah. Matt Smith was when I was old enough to kind of appreciate Doctor Who. Yeah, because I was like and also not be scared. Also. Uh-huh. And so I watched Matt Smith, and he was like, they made him really angry. Yeah, he got because yeah, he got angry. His his character as the Doctor was surprising, like surprisingly nuanced, I would say, mm-hmm. because he would go from being like a super cheerful, enthusiastic young, because he's the youngest Doctor. Yeah, the, you know, the most enthusiastic, most energetic guy, mm-hmm. to like on his knees screaming. Yeah. And like angry at effort at the world. Mm-hmm. And that was like I think that was probably the first time that I like encountered writing as a concept. Yeah. In in television or film. Uh-huh. I was like, wait a second, this I understand this guy mm-hmm. more than I do just like David Tennant as a guy. Yeah. although the master arc was great. Yeah, that was really dark. Matt Smith I think portrayed the the anguish that you would go through if you were the doctor. Because yeah. that's, that's a hard life. Like that, that, I think that's the first time it was explored, really. Mm. That the, the kind of consequences of living forever and living so many lives. Yeah, it's kind of like... Compounding. It's kind of like how I've never actually enjoyed a Superman film. Right. Because it's so... That is interesting, because I, I, I can almost agree with you on that. Because it's so hard to write a relatable Superman story. Because he's invincible. Exactly, because there's no, there's no physical feat that he can't outdo... Unless he gets like killed. Yeah, or un- unless he gets kryptonited. 
Yeah, that's why they had to introduce Kryptonite, because, like, Kryptonite wasn't a thing, like, for, I'm going to say, like, a f- quite a few years in the comics. Like, definitely, like, ten years if you started in the 40s. Mm. Like. Well, well, that's the thing, because uh, up until that point, the only Kryptonite he had was, was, um, what's her name? Lois Lane. Lois Lane. I was about to say Mary Jane. I was about to offend a lot of people. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Lois Lane, right? Mm-hmm. Because just like Batman, the villains would eat, would give them a choice. Yeah. And that and that and that in 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 those simple superhero stories, it was those choices that defined them as as a hero. Yeah. It's like you can either catch me, the bad guy, or you can save the people. Or you can catch me and save Lois Lane. Yeah. And that's when... That's when they're tested. And that's when yeah. they become here, And that's when they're weak. Because it's because they have to have human attachment. Yeah, but I find that that's so hard to implement into a Superman story. Without depowering him. Mm. Or killing him at the end. Yeah. Which is... Because the death of Superman, I've read. Oh, yeah. I actually did mm. enjoy. Mm-hmm. Because he dies at the end. Was that the one with Doomsday? That was yeah. He gets killed by Doomsday. Because that was quite a good comic. And Doomsday doesn't even use Kryptonite. He just kills him. He's just better than him because he's so strong. Yeah. Whereas like, now here's a bit more of a controversial opinion. I didn't like Thor, up until Thor Ragnarok. Because I felt like Thor had a similar thing. I don't blame you at all. Where, the only good Thor stories, I I mean it was entirely tainted. By Thor of the Dark World. Yeah, because up until didn't... that point there were two Thor movies and one was the worst film yeah. made ever in but the even in like of film. A, even in like Avengers, because they couldn't write a good Thor story for Avengers. No. Because he was a minor character, not a minor character, but a side character. Yes. Avengers it was about, about Captain Aven- America and yeah. Iron Man. It's about Cap and Iron Because in Thor 1, they did the classic Thor thing where, okay, Thor's really powerful, so let's depower him and humble him. So then he learns to respect his powers more yeah and also that, that they needed that to prime for Avengers yeah so that he understood humanity but then in Thor the Dark World he's just... he's full powered and it just feels like I don't there's he spends like no time on Earth in that film no no because uh, yeah the, the whole the Dark World is just about him saving the nine realms because he, he they go to Earth and like there's like that big dog thing oh yeah and they fight the big dog thing Oh, the, the, the finale is on Earth. It's just in, um, it's the place in, uh, near the Thames. Yeah. Where is that? It's not Greenwich Mean Time. Somewhere else. Greenwich Mean Time is the time zone, so it well, physically I mean, can't Greenwich. It Greenwich Observatory. Is that there? It's not, it's not where it's filmed, but it's the closest thing okay. my mind can get to it. It's the place with the big pillars. Mm-hmm. I went there, we, I did a photo shoot with Ashling for graphics. Name drop. Name drop. Whoopsie. The other person that requested the podcast. Oh no, that's all three. But no, I understand what you mean because Superman. That's one of the reasons why people didn't like Batman v Superman. Not only because it was bad in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but because Superman once again, the only thing that tethered him to even being a person was Lois Lane. Yeah, because he loves Lois Lane, and therefore. And Lois Lane is the the like a microcosm for humanity, and, and so and he loves his mother and he yeah sorry and Martha as and well Martha. name drop, um, but he loves Lois Lane and Lois Lane is a microcosm for mankind. Yeah. And if Lois Lane is always good, then mankind can do no wrong, mm-hmm. and that's why he saves them. But 
And that's the thing, because in, in like, I can't remember, like Justice League, I think, there's a scene in which, like, kids are filming him. Like, and, and he, like, he comes down from the sky, and they're like, wow, it's, it's Superman. And then and they ask him, like, some questions. And they're like, oh, what's your favourite thing? Like, what's your favourite thing about, I don't know, what's your favourite thing ever? And he doesn't say anything, but you can just, like, his facial expression is like, oh, he's thinking of Lois Lane. You know, he's like... And you can tell because oh. his moustache is being edited out. <laughs> you can tell because of the small vibrations around his lip. Because it's been the chroma key his moustache. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's so weird. But, um, but yeah, and, and it's like... And that's the thing. If that's his answer, then he, he's not really Superman. Mm-hmm. Because he is just a guy. Like, like he, is, he, he, he is a person. He grew up as a human being. Yeah. Like, he grew up with human culture. He's not an alien. Mm-hmm. In that way, he's 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 more human than most of us, and that's the point of him. Well, not more, just as he's he's just as fine. Yeah. fair enough. But like that's the point of him. It's like he's a he's a super powered being that is taught the American way, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the human way. And we love America because because America is the greatest country on earth. Of course. Um, but but that's the thing. Like he he is a person first and foremost, mm-hmm. and then he's Superman next. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I don't like. I don't like that that speech in that movie. I can't remember which one. I think it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, in which a guy says, "Clark Kent is Superman's critique on humanity." Okay, yeah. So Clark Kent is Superman's disguise, mm-hmm. when in fact, not really. It's kind of like Superman is Clark Kent's disguise. Clark Kent, Clark Kent existed before Superman did. Yeah. And 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 Superman comes out of Clark Kent. He's not named Superman. His real name is Clark Kent. And his real name's Cal Al. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Name drop. Yeah, if but gonna, no, yeah. I've, I mean, I kind of agree, but I also feel like Superman, I think, I've, no, I do kind of agree with that, where Clark Kent is a deliberately dumbed down human as to be as, as uninteresting as possible. Yeah. Because, because you don't want to have an interesting person be like, hey, he's just such a sick guy. And I Everyone really getting a load of Clark Kent. I wonder where he is today, because I really want to hang out with him. And you phone him, and then Superman's pocket starts buzzing. You know? Because, like... Well, then then you're out of it. Because it's like the whole front for the mafia thing. Yeah. Where... You, don't, you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want Wings by Boston Manor Road to be super interesting. Because then people... There's going to be too many people in there. Because then people are going to think it's a, it's a front for the mafia. Well, no, they... Yeah, but you also don't want it to be not interesting enough because then how are you gonna be how are you gonna write your taxes? And then you're gonna seem like a suspicious business when no one goes in there. But you're still staying float. You're still staying float somehow, even though no one's in there, and your wings take lo- too long to cook. I think it's Uber Eats because they prioritize Uber Eats and delivery drivers. Oh. Because we've been sat in there, and a we d- a delivery yeah, driver. Yeah, there's been pulled up. Guys who have come in and just... two delivery. Delivery drivers came in. They gave them their wings instantly, mm. and we were sat there for another half hour after that. That is kind of crazy. Although, I think, but obviously they they get more instant revenue from that. Yeah, and they can almost guarantee business through that because it doesn't matter where you if if you're not going to dine in wings, mm-hmm. you don't care if yeah. it's busy or not. You just want the wings, and if you, the wings are going to come to you, then you're not bothered at all. Mm-hmm. If you, that's the thing. I think that's the first time, really properly, that my experience in a in a place of you know eating in a restaurant or a cafe or whatever it is, catering business. My experience with it has actually stopped me from going there. 
Yeah, because I, I can't think of any other places where I've been like, because I, like, I don't mind the wings. Like, I the quite, wings are good. I the quite wings are like, fine. The wings, are... the wings were better before they changed the recipe. Because mm-hmm. that's, well, that's, that's, that's a big problem I have with wings, is they change the recipe to theoretically make them faster. But they're not. Because you have, you got to put your own sauce on. But they're not. But they take longer, at best the same time. I hate to say it, but they're kind of dry. They are a bit dry. That's the thing. I like on the bone. Some people like some people like like strips. I prefer wing strips. Some people like wing strips. I prefer like like the strips from wings. I mean. Yeah, I prefer like uh, you know I prefer the drums and flats on the bone. Uh. I prefer the marinated as well because you don't get the same flavor when you put your own sauce on. Yeah. You know, the meat the meat isn't the flavor when you put your own sauce on the top. Uh-huh. It's the the flavor comes from the meat when it's been marinated for at least you know maybe an hour even or fifteen minutes. Yeah, because they could just like have them in a tub. But that's the problem. They've then screwed themselves by offering so many sauces. Because I bet, like, there are some sauces that no one orders. Because I always get Frank's hot. Because Frank's yeah, hot is, like, yeah. my favourite hot sauce. Mm-hmm. I like the sweet chilli. The sweet chilli one. Yeah, people get the sweet chilli. And people get, like, mild. And people used to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> people, I, people I know have, in the past, gotten sweet chilli. Yeah. But they've got, like, 12 sauces on their menu. They Because that's the thing. If you If you produce a quality good... You, you can excuse yourself and pare the, the instances of that good down, to the bare minimum. Yeah. If they made wings, on demand, hastily, in, hastily in a, in good time, that would tasty and and not dry, then they could easily offer, four to three flavors, including a basic season, yeah. and and people would be fine with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because because that's the thing if. If you've got like a, a classic in-house marinade, that's just not spicy but just flavorful. No one's gonna complain if they're like, "Oh man, you don't have, you don't have fuck, freaking, Bingo's, crazy bum blaster, flavor flavorino." You know they're not gonna be yeah. like, "You don't have this flavor." They'll just be like, "Oh, I have the default tasties." Yeah. And but that's only if you can deliver the basic stuff on time. Which they don't. Which they don't. And then they're. Over, they're overcompensating for that by giving us so many flavors that don't really mean anything ultimately. Yeah, because it's like people know. aren't gonna. Because I'm not. I don't plan to go to wings, try every flavor, and be like, oh, so actually this is my favorite flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read the menu and choose one that sounds nice. Sounds nice. If it's bad, next time I'll get a different flavor. Mm-hmm. But if it's I, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna keep getting it. Yeah. Because I've, you know, I've hedged my bet. I've cashed all my chips in on Frank's Hot. And you're fine with it. So maybe another flavour's better. It doesn't matter. I don't Because you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get you. I feel like, I think, I think I went to Wings in my entire life probably a maximum of five times. Probably same for me. Um, yeah. And in that time, I have tried, I think, every flavour of wing. Have you? I believe so. Because I got the nine wings the mm-hmm. first time I went. Which get comes with three different flavours. Yeah. And they have 12 flavours, okay. roughly. I think, yeah, I think it's about... And then after that, I rotated out. Mm-hmm. And then I rotated out again, because I dined in. Yeah. And then we got some takeaway. Mm-hmm. And I chose, we chose some ones that we all kind of liked. Yeah. But there was some, I think it was the garlic one, wasn't good at all. Yeah. I remember one being not great. But I'm not, you know, obviously, the fact that there are 12 flavours means that I'm not entitled to criticise that flavour. Because it's not like it's the only flavour. I myself can choose a different flavour of wing 
instead of shitting on the. No, no, you have to. You have to <laughs> give your. You have to leave for a review, of every flavor. No, no, because the more reviews, the more reviews they have on Yelp, the the more attention it gets. Oh, of course. And and bringing it back to the point of the matter, uh, you don't want your business to be getting too much too much interest interest. Yeah. In the public sphere. Because it could be a front for the mafia, but it's not luckily. Well, no, I don't think too much interest is the front for the mafia. I think. Because the Built Burgers restaurant, which oh, is my, a, which mm, I wholeheartedly mm. believe was a front for the Mafia. I, I'm walking through in Broadway. I see a restaurant. Built Burgers. Hey, that sounds quite cool. Mm. I see they're hiring. At the time, I was looking for a part-time job. Um, so I, thought, I wrote down the email that they had. Yeah. Sent an email uh, saying, hey, just saw you posted up in the window. Here's my CV. My CV's pretty good. So I give my CV. No reply. About a month or so later, I'm back in England Broadway. Mm. I see a different email. I'm like, okay. They wrote the wrong email. They down, changed the email. Which is why they... Or, yeah, they yeah they misspelled the email or something. Or they've got a new email. Yes. And this was like a branded email. Mm-hmm. So I send my CV there. Still, no reply. Right. I'm like, okay. There is another Built Burgers in, I think, Hounslow. Okay. So like kind of nearby, but so the, not the, like the, the establishment. The establishment itself is not coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So I read the reviews for that. It seems like a real restaurant. Yes. And it sounds it sounds quite nice. It's like Subway, but with burgers. Yeah, built. So burgers. there's like a tray. There's trays of things. And you go and the guy, the the worker, goes along the the conveyor, mm-hmm. and you tell him what you want. Yeah. And then he puts it on the burger. So and it then sounds, you come up with a burger. So nice. you know, it's like um, if you any of you've been to um, tortilla. Oh yeah. That's actually a very nice subway style is, restaurant. Yeah. They do good burritos. They do, yeah. Um, I haven't got anything else from there before though, but apparently their nachos look okay. Yeah, I think so. I saw. I, I was with. We saw a, a film. I think it was Venom. Mm. Venom, Venom, Venom. Yeah, and we went to tortilla, but then this restaurant, I'm like, okay. Two emails, no reply. That's mm. you know somewhat standard. I phoned the number, because I like took a picture of the email. I see. Because you you wanted this job. Yeah, because it yeah it's local. Uh, it seems like quite a, like a high brow kind of thing, so they probably pay quite well. Mm-hmm. Well, know. yeah, because it's kind of like a, I don't know what is it like a, it's not really a, a luxury good, but it's in it. It's kind of a. This is like a bespoke burger though. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna be more expensive on average, right? Yeah, probably. So I'm so I'm like, I kind of want to work here. So I phoned the number. Hmm. Yeah. The number is not connected to any form of telecommunications program. Well, There's it's just no, not. It doesn't exist. It's not a number. The number is not real. And then, so odd. that struck me as quite odd. The restaurant still hadn't opened at this point, so I was still spe- skeptical. Mm-hmm. As you would be. Yeah. Then, I hear some news. Many months later at this point, this was around the summer, and now it's, this was maybe October, the restaurant is closing down. That's just weird. That's just weird. to my knowledge, was never open. (laughs) I never saw it open, uh, to be be completely honest with you. I I never saw it open. Because I may have missed, I may have missed the three weeks it was open or whatever. But But I don't think I did. And you know what's really funny as well? Because I went there after after the fact of it, you know, being closed down. Mm-hmm. The sign, the signage was all up there and stuff, but they boarded the windows. Yeah. And it and spray painted on it. It literally says like 
it says closed in spray paint, mm-hmm. like like some kind of cartoon. Yeah. You know, like 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 in like in um like in Kitchen Nightmares when Gordon Ramsay does the shock therapy. Yeah. And like just like tapes some planks to the windows, and then he, <laughs> and then he gets like some spray paint. He just types like closed for business, never open again. In yellow spray paint, and then they and just go. Oh, and they start no. crying, oh and then God, like, "Oh God, I'm so sorry, Gordon." Like that. Yeah. But that's not real. No one does that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one does that. No one spray paints the thing. It says "closed for business." But why does the mafia do that? I think the mafia been watching too many cartoons. We're gonna get a hit on us now after publishing this to the internet. I don't even know what it's called. It's, would it be the mafia? It can't be the mafia. It'd be someone else. Uh, yeah, I don't, but I don't know why. Like, obviously, I could be completely wrong and it's just like there was like a gas leak or something and they the yeah and the area is unable for a restaurant and you can you can lose when you invest capital you can lose that money after the fact of purchasing a, 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 a property yeah like if you invest in something or you're renting something you may not have the cash up front or the money up front to be able to sustain that place for as long as you think mm-hmm. and that happens like yeah, there are loads of places on Northfield Roads that Northfield Road Avenue. Or Northwood Avenue. That that last for a couple of weeks and close down. They're obviously not fronts for the mafia. Yeah. But they just don't last long because sustaining a business is hard. And this is a statistic. Fifty percent of businesses shut down within a year of opening. Yeah. And it's because it's it's just tough to be in 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 commerce and in, in retail mm-hmm. and in goods. It's just hard to provide goods and services for people and sustain yourself. Yeah, which is why it's so quite hard to start a business from a non-wealthy background. Because everyone's like, hey man, if you have an idea, you can start a business. That's not true. But it's not the idea. <laughs> like, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I mean, an online bookstore. Okay, cool. There's a, yeah, it's a fair enough idea. Pretty good idea, I guess. But, and yes, he does have the business skills to market his business. To run the business. And run the business. But he also has very quite rich parents mm. so he has a fallback of course whereas um, if you make like 30k a year investing like 15k into a business that's in half your annual earnings yeah you don't have a fallback no. if you if the business goes under you go under well that's the thing that's why that's why re- extremely wealthy businessmen do as well as they can because they can take as as many risks as they like because Essentially, they're investing their capital risk-free. Well, it's not risk-free, but there's there's no risk of death or homelessness. It's like Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump has had so many businesses go bankrupt. But it doesn't it doesn't matter because he has enough money to sustain himself if, even if they do. Yeah, but it's quite funny because he won't. He hasn't disclosed his tax tax report mm. because that will then give an indication of his net worth. And his profits over the last few years, mm. which is something he probably doesn't want to admit, because he probably isn't making that much money. Well, here's something: Jeff Bezos's parents invested two hundred and forty-five thousand five hundred seventy-three dollars into Amazon in nineteen ninety-five. Right, so Very rich parents. Right, <laughs> that's a lot of money. And the fun thing is, they've made their return because their investment could be worth up to thirty billion dollars now. And um, and if you want a if you want a percentage on that, that's um a twelve million percent return <laughs> on their investment. Man. Right. So so so, two hundred seventy five. Sorry, two hundred forty five thousand dollars is a, is quite a lot of money. That is yeah. Let's be honest. 
that's not pocket change for no. anyone that I've ever met. No, that's a, that's um, that's a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, that's that's, like, that's what you, that's what the Apprentice winner gets. Yeah, <laughs> but Jeff Bezos got it from his dad. Yeah, Jeff Bezos know. has got it got it got it from his mum and dad, and God, imagine imagine if Alan Sugar could make that kind of markup. On, the, on an apprentice. Yeah, 12, mil- 12 million does percent. Mean, does that mean technically if I invested one dollar in Amazon in 1995... You're going to get 12 million dollars. I just have 12 million dollars. Um, I mean... Theoretically, like, yes. I think that's obviously the peak That's the That's the return, and that's the and peak investment. Well, it's, it's going to be a return for the amount of stock they had at the time. Yes. And if you bought, you can't buy one dollar's worth of stock Yeah. in Amazon. No. Especially not now, because it's worth billions of dollars. Yes. However... If you were to buy it when it was literally nothing, then you could make a lot of money. So now let's find a business to invest in that we think is going to be the next. No, Amazon. no, no, because because <laughs> we're falling right into the trap that that American capitalists want us to believe in. Oh no! Which is that we can do that. Oh man! <laughs> because it happened. The American dream got me again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely because 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 yeah, that's the thing. If you think that you can do it, you've fallen for the trick. Yeah, because that's the whole American dream thing. It's just like, hey, this guy did it. Why can't I? Because this guy got, this guy got 245k from his parents. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah, that's just a... Come on, Donald Trump got a million dollars. Yeah. Donald Trump? A million? I mean, I could probably squeeze 100k from my parents. <laughs> Maybe. Just don't eat for two years. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone, everyone in the UK. Here's a, here's a tip for poor people, guys. Don't eat food. Don't buy things. Maximum profits. Just do that thing that the guy does in the Muppets movie in which he turns himself into a Muppet. <laughs> because then you don't need to eat. You're just a Muppet and then you can work a normal job in your Muppet form and literally never need sustenance again. But Jim Henson's hand has to be in your ass. At all times. Jim Henson is dead. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But he's in control of the Muppets. All of them. All of them. Would you do that? Would you? You're immortal. Mm-hmm. You don't. You never but, have to. You never have to eat. You're a muppet. <laughs> but you have a man's hand in your ass. I'm not a muppet. I'm just a guy. You're no. You're a muppet. With and you can feel the guy's hand. Because because the issue with that is I like food. Mm, yeah. I actually, if I had the choice of never having to eat again, I wouldn't take it because I like eating. But what would eating it be like? What if you're a muppet? You can't well, eat if you're a muppet. You no, but I mean, because if there's like other things, it's like, would you rather never eat or never sleep again? And it's like, I value both those things. Those are the two highlights of my day. And wait, so you're saying that if, if in this hypothetical, I would be okay and functioning if I didn't do either? Yeah. But I'd rather, I'd rather never, I don't know, I like sleeping. Exactly, because the two highlights of my day are eating. And sleeping. And going to bed. Going to bed. That's the thing, I do like going to bed. And I do like eating. So that's a really hard one. The thing is, though, I think... I get more enjoyment out of eating good food than I do from sleeping good sleep. That is true. And I think, therefore, just by the logic of that, I would have to choose sleeping to, to never sleep, never sleep again. I also feel like I'd be a lot more productive if I never got tired. Well, imagine, yeah, imagine if you never got tired. Night, night would be not, you would, nighttime would be vibing. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're programmed to, to sleep during the night. Yeah. If you didn't need to, you would double your productivity. I feel like I'd have to, like, find another hobby, though, because I barely, like, stay entertained on the, you know, 
12 or so hours I stay awake every mm. not 12 but, but, but does, yeah would that mean that your your mind and body literally wouldn't be able to fall into sleep yeah I don't know because the, the, that is the question is um yeah if I couldn't sleep what happens because if you have you read the creepypasta the Russian sleep experiment yeah is that not real that's not real is it that is not real okay <laughs> that is <laughs> I thought that, that is real. not real <laughs> I feel like I, feel that, like I, um, I, feel yeah, like I just, heard it just, they just have a magic gas that means people can't fall asleep okay yeah but because I don't think that would happen but I feel like because I have done all nighters before never like because I've been busy just because I've like accidentally stayed up too late mm. and then said fuck it man I'm not going like Listen, I, at Reading Festival I did that because I hit overtired. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Overwatch 2, the video game. Of course. But um, I hit overtired on Saturday night and then didn't sleep until Monday afternoon. See, see, we had the opposite of that. We, I saw, we saw Panic! at the Disco. Me, Ethan and Henry left when Kendrick went on. Because Henry's afraid of, afraid of black people, so we went back to <laughs> the tent, um, and we started like a fire. We had, had a little bit of a guys chat. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Stephen like that. Stephen phones us. He's like, guys, can you bring me water? Uh, so we bring, <laughs> a bottle, we bring a bottle of water and find him. Yeah. Um. So that's the yeah, that's I, right. and we like sit down. We talk for a bit. Uh, we drank most of our alcohol by that point. Because we really didn't On plan. Saturday night? Yeah. We didn't plan ahead. Dearie me. We didn't bring that much either, though. But we didn't... Yeah, we didn't bring enough. So we... Yeah, we kind of... We were quite bored. So we all, like... Bedded down. And maybe, like... Two. That's not, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, and then... Slept till three. On Sunday. Like, we woke slept up... Slept till three? Well, we woke up for, like, eight. It was raining. And we were, like... Rain yeah. does make it suck though, because you don't want to sleep we outside. Like, we looked outside the tent and we were like, oh. "It's gross outside." Well, yeah. So we we all were just lying in bed, in uh, like in the tent, and then it was like three, and we were like, "You just want to go home?" And we were like, "Yeah." Did you leave on Sunday? We left on Sunday. Man, I mean, it's because a lot like, of people did leave on Sunday's Sunday. Sunday's lineup wasn't good. A lot of people did leave. Leon Checkton left on Sunday. Sarah left on Sunday. Name drop. Name drops. Um, <laughs> a lot of people left on Sunday. Um, and I don't blame them. Because no. I spe- for a lot of people, that was their first festival. Yeah. And it's it's tough. Especially when it rains. It's yeah, sucks it's, when it's it raining rains. on Sunday. Because and, once uh, you step out your tent, there is no inside. Mm-hmm. You are just in the rain. And you're either yeah. standing or you're sitting or you're in your tent. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and that can suck. Yeah. Yeah, but I just remember, like, Sunday's lineup wasn't that good in our opinion. It was like Kings of Leon were like Kings of Leon were not great. I, I didn't been, watch that. I've never enjoyed Kings of Leon really. No. And like Lil Pump was like the only thing we missed that day. Mm, I saw him from afar. Yeah, yeah. Because I felt like we would have done. Because we were considering. Because it got to like twelve ish. Yeah. And we were like, we could go see whatever's on before Lil Pump at the beginning. Yeah. Just stay there for the entire thing, so we can be like. In the middle for Lil Pump. So you can see Lil Pump. But then we were like, we don't really care mm-hmm. at all. And it's raining. And we've all been asleep all day. It did suck. And yeah. we're out of alcohol. That's, yeah, I mean, because when it started raining during Lil Pump, I wasn't in it, I was just kind of outside the, the tent. Okay, yeah. 
I was just walking around with some people. And we found like the Primark tent. And the Primark tent is just, it's just a, it's like a, it's like a, a gazebo, like a couple of gazebos mm. that's just constructed to look like some kind of living room slash lounge. That's cool. And you can just go in and sit on a sofa. Wet. No, no, not wet. But you're wet. I wasn't too wet. It was raining, you were wet. Okay, yeah, but like, who cares? Who cares on the festival? In the festival. Primark do, man. You have to pay for that shit. They don't care, man. You just walk in there, sat down. And they had, um... They had a a thingy, um, a photo, like, kind of arch Mm. with that LEDs, like a photo room. Go inside it with LEDs and stuff and to get a picture of Polaroid taken of you. It says Primark on it. Yeah. And, um... Did that make me want to buy Primark? Not really. No. Um, I kind of just just used them for their sofas <laughs> and their free photo opportunities. But I think yeah, I think festivals are really only as good as you want them to be. That is true. And if you weren't gonna have a good time after the point when you decided to go home, then there's no reason in staying. Yeah. Like no, there's no point forcing a good time because you'll have a bad time. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like then you have to weigh up the amount of the financial cost of you going there in the first place, because obviously if you left on Saturday, that would be a waste of your money. Yeah. But you got to experience the gigs you wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I saw the front. Bo- I was only really there to see the front bottoms. Okay. And Panic at the Disco, maybe. Mm, there you go. And you saw it. I did. And and you also got a, a fun sunny day. Got a fun sunny day. To to mess around in and, yeah. and have fun. So that's because it is the atmosphere as well. Yeah, because that's the thing. Was, we felt like the music was like because there was so much effort. Because I like I looked through the lineup. I like had marked off the people that I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah. So there was like a few people like Water Parks. I had heard some songs of before, quite pop punky. Um, you know, I so I had, I was like I could have seen them, but then it was like they're on at like twelve on Saturday. Yeah. So I didn't want to go out to like the main stage to see them. No, yeah, of course. Cause, time. And especially, where, where were you camped? White? Yeah, White. It was, uh, it was like a half hour That's the furthest trip. away. Yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in White. It, not in, I, just, I was camped in Brown, but I, didn't, I only slept one night. Uh-huh. So I didn't really need my tent. Yeah. And uh, a certain someone, I think, peed in it anyway. Oh, really? Um, yeah, drop in, drop in the, um, the comments if you know who that could be. Um, but, but I think, yeah, because you have to plan your time quite carefully yeah. and if you wake up at 3 o'clock and it takes half an hour to get down to the main stage to see someone that you don't care about at that point you're wasting your time mm-hmm. and that's a, sometimes people will look at a festival and go hey I can spend £300 and see a cumulative £400 or £500 worth of music I did not but, no, that's a, but some, yeah. people, some people will look at it like that in purely monetary value mm-hmm instead of the actual form of the festival, the actual festival itself, the yeah. reason that you would go to experience all that music at the same time in the same place. It's not like standing in a in a venue and watching the acts one by one. That'd be weird if you just exactly. stood in an exactly, empty yeah. room. Exactly, and you just wait for like five, you know, 50 different bands to come on one at a time. It's different. Yeah. It's the atmosphere. And that's what, that's what we pay for as well. Look at me advertising Reading Festival. Wow. Don't forget to pre-order your Reading Festival tickets before November 13th. It is December. No, that's when the Gummy Bear album comes out. Oh, man. I think Gummy Bear's going to be at Reading this year. <laughs> nah. 
when was the last time I saw Gummy Bear? 2012? Yeah, maybe. I saw them after Rizzle Kicks. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like at Reading we spent almost the entire time at our campsite. Because we, we went, because we probably could have pitched our tent in Brown if we really wanted to. Brown was not on but this we, campsite. But we would have been like, all like, huddled up. Whereas we got a row right by <laughs> the, like, the walkway that had been designated. And like, a bush. That sounds so sick. So we had a pissing bush. Oh, that is pre- that's pretty good value. And like, we then made a circle out of our tent so we could have like a fire pit in the middle. That's nice. So yeah, that was quite nice. And then I feel like that was most, like, when I think of Reading, that's mostly what I think of. It's just us, like, pissing about. Because that's pretty much all it was. Because we saw, because me and Stephen went to go see music. And then, like, Ethan and Henry and Cara would come. But they didn't care as much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not, not, like, blaming them. I feel like they only really came because me and Stephen had decided to go. And then they were like, hey, do you guys want to come? And they are like, yeah, sure. Mm. That's fair enough, though, I think, because it is a group experience as well. Yeah, and then it definitely was for us, because we were just, yeah, because we went to, like, Waitrose on, like, the Friday. We got some fucking weird food. (laughs) Yeah, I got some, uh, like, after pitching our tents on the Thursday, I ate some weird food, or Wednesday, sorry, I ate some weird, like, we were so dehydrated afterwards. We went to Waitrose, and I bought, like, just an entire, like, litre and a half carton of juice just too much juice but far too much yeah and I just drank it all and I just had a horrible like heartburn on the train back just oh, from, juice burn. just from the acid the liquid just juice filling up my yeah. body I'd broken this giant <laughs> you broke I'd broken the... the giant clip oh man the giant wooden clip is broken yeah because what we did is we bought we were like okay the water here is kind of weird so let's <laughs> buy some squash yeah we... and just fill it but we bought like Three fucking like liters of Robinson squash. We did not like go through a whole bottle of it. No, you wouldn't do in, th- in what three days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's supposed to last months. Yeah, well, it's because Stephen got like two because he wanted a bit to change up the flavor, and I think Henry got it's, one as well. It's an idiot. <laughs> How much squash? Like six liters of it squash. Might, we might have only got two bottles. No, it was it was no more. Th- it was like a th- a most three liters. Okay. And then like, we also got some like. Fucking, like martini mixers or whatever <laughs> it was okay. like a passion fruit thing yeah and those cocktails were actually quite nice that Stephen made lying down in a tent mm. which was quite fun um yeah but I just feel like we kind of just went camping mm. that's what it, if we but I feel like we could just go camping I think we should go camping yeah that'd be, that'd be quite fun oh the the Camping episode of the podcast. Oh, out in the wilderness. Out in the with wilderness. All the horrible <laughs> wilderness ambience to ruin the podcast. I'm sure you're getting. I'm sure you're getting some pretty terrible ambience now on our our lovely mic that I cannot name the brand of. Logitech. Logitech. A Logitech and USB mic. Logitech X Guitar Hero. Is it sponsored by Logitech or sponsored by Guitar Hero? Sponsored by Guitar Sorry. Hero. If that was weird, I was drinking from my my cup. We did plan on filming today's episode but then we decided against it we just we decided against it because first of all i have no idea how to conduct myself in front of a video camera that is true on a on a, on a seat on a sofa yeah because i feel like i've been looking at it too much yeah and and then how much is too much co- direct eye contact with you yeah because it's then eye contact with the audience so you guys would be sat there 
and we're staring just at looking us. at it. Yeah, you're just watching us look at each other. Alright. Like and then back, and then back at you. Like on a weird date. Yeah, well, you're the third wheel. Oh man, that that'd be a nice um, a nice ASMR, a nice a nice point of view ASMR. You, you can come on a date with us. <laughs> you are the, you are watching us from across the table as we discuss Star Wars. Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel like. Because a lot of a lot of the big podcasts do film them because they're distributed by YouTube as well as yes. all the podcast sites. Well, that's true because a lot of a lot of podcasts are a multi-platform, mm-hmm. right? You can listen to them, but if you actually want to like like let's say the H three H three podcast name yeah. drop, um, they film that and that's quite highly produced. Yeah, there's a lot of production value because that's pretty much all they do now. Is the that podcast. is pretty much all even does because they don't make videos that often no they make a video every like, few months I guess but most of their output is then just a podcast yeah yeah but I don't know I think I think that's a good way to go with stuff yeah because podcasts are purely reactionary mm-hmm. in that sense especially when like let, let's say for example the H3 H3 podcast which is most of the time internet drama news or just topical discussion or a guest yeah, a lot of guests on there, but in that sense, you you can't really run out of content. Yeah. Because you're essentially a news channel, mm-hmm. and news channels cannot die if things happen. Yeah, exactly. But our podcast is much more, much more topical. <laughs> Very topical. <laughs> much more topical. Um, getting back on topic. <laughs> because this is a topical podcast. Because this is a topical podcast, I want to sell some of the things in my room not that we're in my room right now we're in the recording studio of course but um looking about my mind and my room I have far too many things that I received in the recent years that are just plastic you know Mm. like pop culture plastic yeah and as much as I like them I want to sell them or I want to get rid of them because I want more space also it's visually cluttering I quite like the vibe though because you're a very yeah. pop culture guy, you know? Whereas I feel like, you know, because you've got that shelf over there in the recording studio, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got the pop vinyls and the... Whatever those guys are. Oh, those are the vinyl idols. Yeah, I don't like those. You can sell those. <laughs> I like those. No. They're the more expensive ones. They're mint as well. Why? I don't know. I don't even know. I bought... I've got an Ed figure. Ed from Shaun of the Dead. Uh-huh. And who is Nick Frost's character? And I've also got Nick Frost's character from uh, Hot Fuzz, Danny Butterman. But I don't really know why I purchased them both because they're essentially the same mold. One is green though. One of them is a zombie, and one of them is a policeman holding an ice cream. He's got a hat on. But there's there's not a lot of visual flair, or at least in the silhouette between them, because they're just a fat man. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. I feel like also. Just with some money, right? As a yeah. bit of a cash injection, it would be nice to sell them because I don't feel as emotionally attached to them as I did. I would keep some of it. I would keep. Yeah. I would keep. I've got my Gundam mm. in my room. I love Gundam. You know, um, I've got my. I've got those. Um, those guys. I forget what they're called. They're quite nice. The the little. They're like these little figures, but they, they're kind of set in a little diorama. So I've got a Spider-Man hanging from a lamp. I've got um. Uh, a Jessica Jones kicking down a wall. So those are quite nice because I like them. They're dynamic. But the pop vinyls in particular, that, that's my gripe. I realise now the pop vinyls are utterly useless. 
Yeah, I have never enjoyed pop vinyl. I've never been like, oh man, I really want this pop vinyl. I own one pop vinyl, and it's like a glow-in-the-dark vault boy. And that's a cool one, because that's actually, that's a, that's a special edition. Yeah, I guess. The glow-in-the-dark the glow in the variants are. But it's just like, on my desk. Because mm. I don't care. Yeah, no, that's the thing, because I don't know how much effort can go into designing a pop vinyl. Right, it's like a, it's like, it's like changing the layout of a PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, you, they've they've probably got a software at Pop Vinyl HQ, where they can just drag and drop different elements. It's like it, like a, like the Me Maker on the Wii, <laughs> to make the pop yeah. vinyls. You know, it, it, it's probably that easy. Because the like the build quality on them isn't easy. like the paints like bad on a lot of them. Yeah, they're like the paint jobs aren't great, and a lot of the time, the. Because they're so far-reaching and have so many licenses to play with, right? Yeah, you can get some bad ones, mm-hmm. ones characters that just do not translate into the big head, big eye, no mouth thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I remember this is if Stephen listens this far into the podcast. But I remember one time we went to like for, we were there as well. We went to Forbidden Planet and he yes. was like, "Oh, pop vinyl." Mm. I really want to say, "Dude, you're being cringe." Which one was it? It was like it was uh, like a frost. Troll from oh I remember that uh, yeah get fucking yeah God of War and that, and that was a big one that's a big fig that was one of the big pop vinyls and that um I can but do you think he's touched it in the last two months I I can I feel like in my mind I know that he hasn't because every time I'm in his in in the the TV room in Stephen's house I stand kind of next to the mantelpiece and I can see the half centimeter of dust that the metanite amiibo has on it <laughs> and I also feel like the frost troll. Might have a similar amount yeah. of dust, but that's the thing. You, you don't you don't play with them. They're not because, playing with them. They're, not, they're for looking at because because they're not toys. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're collectible not, figures. They're collectible figures, um, but at the same time, they they are only recognisable because of because the character. Like you, you get some pop vinyls that are just people. Yeah, like they, they let's say like, the Stranger Things pop vinyls, like celebrities. And yeah. Stuff. Let's say like the difference between I don't know the the Mind Hunter pop finals, the Stranger Things pop finals, and the True Detective pop finals. Hey, if man, I Finn Wolfhard <laughs> looks great as a pop final. If I lined some of those up for you, I doubt you could tell the difference between like the Mind Hunter. Because some of them are just. Especially if it, if it was a show I hadn't seen, I yeah. could not tell you. No. If it was a real thing. Or... And that's and that's the thing because, because of the nature of, people, people mm-hmm. look similar when you boil them down to their distinctive traits. Big head, black, <laughs> soulless eyes, <laughs> soulless and pupilless eyes, because because that's the thing. If you have an actor in a in a film that has brown hair, brown eyes, and wears a leather jacket, and then you take another very nuanced character from another thing, let's say Firefly, who has brown hair, brown eyes, and a leather jacket, but it's not like the color of the eyes. It's just like well, you can't have, you color. can't have the color of the eyes. You have black. You have yeah. default black. And it's just like that's all you get. Skin color. It's boiling people down to their skin colour and hair. Yes. And clothes. Because if you took the glasses off that David Tennant... And the, and the body. And the body. It would just be a guy. It would just be a guy with brown hair. Because they don't do different faces. No. And if you, if, you, if, you, um, if you put that Sean from Shaun of the Dead pop vinyl in Jedi robes, it would be Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, Obi-Wan has different <laughs> hair. <laughs> so, and, and also I hate how they made Luke Skywalker's beard... In the the new the recent one, all dirty and grimy. He's been sucking that sucking milk, the, sucking the horrible space cow milk. Why do they think that's that stupid? And I 
Oh, let's not let's not go on to the last Jedi yet. That's 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 a, that's a, that's a <laughs> we, talk. We need a whole podcast for that. That's a talk for another day. Yeah, but but I would like to keep collecting my Lego architecture. Yeah, that's quite nice because I feel like you have an input in that. Is yeah, in the fact that you create it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like actually building the Statue of Liberty was like one of the nicest building experiences I've had with Lego. Yeah, because the Lego architecture stuff—they know you're not going to play with it. It's a display piece. You better not play with it. There's no articulation. It's just their buildings or yeah. you know or landmarks, and I think that in that way they have to design the sets with the building first. But it has to be fun to construct. Yeah. And it is. They did a very good job. I had a good time with it, and now it looks great on my mantle, which I'm not in nice. my room right now, so I can't. I would be able to well, tell we, you. Well, we can imagine how how great it. We looks. can imagine how great it. And you look. at home can imagine it too. If you if you went to my 18th birthday party, you've probably seen the Lego Statue of Liberty in the kitchen. And I'm, I'm, I'm thank you all for not taking pieces off of it because I trusted you all. And uh, let's be honest, if you're listening to this, you did go to Louise's 18th birthday party. Unless <laughs> unless you're unless you're um your Jane Scracky Trichards. Oh yeah. In which you definitely didn't go to my 18th birthday party. Mm. You're welcome to my 19th. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I don't know. The Lego architecture line is, it impresses me. That's it's why fun. I want to start building more Gunpla. Because mm-hmm. that's like... Because I had such a nice time with the one I made. With Barbatos. The Barbatos. Because it's such... Because I, I custom painted it because I'm a massive nerd. It, it does look good though. It looks very good. Yeah. And I feel like that was like such a fun experience. Because I didn't have to be that creative with it. You just build it. I was just doing the instructions and I was like, okay, I want it to be mostly black mm. with bits of red. Because what you're doing is you're... They're, they're selling you an action figure and turning you into the Vietnamese child that would build it for you I love being a Vietnamese child they're cutting out the middleman. I'm and pretty sure Vietnamese children are still like pulling the boxes but they're cutting out some of the Vietnamese children yeah they're cutting out but those Vietnamese children now are no longer employed and can't bring the two cents a year home to their families no because because you a, a, a spoiled privileged white man, oh, man. In, the, in the west is, is building oh, the action figure instead of them and also to a probably a, a lesser quality. They are very good at building action. No, products. I was very good at building that one. Uh, I, I don't have the right tools. For my gunpla. Oh. I just mine mine. I have too many numb marks and stuff. Yeah. I spent a lot of time removing the dub marks. My um my master grade, um Blitz Gundam is still uncom- incomplete. I wouldn't use the words, but I'd describe it visually. Oh okay. Well, it's um the pointy black one. It's the point. It's the pointy black one with the purple and red accents, and it's missing some vents under its chest, which is really annoying me. Did you lose them? I didn't lose them. They just fall off, and I haven't had oh, time to okay. like because because uh, I it's I went half and half on it. So I I actually built the leg assembly and the arms, and my sister built the chest and shoulders uh-huh. because it was a Christmas present, and um that's why there were so many numb marks on it. Oh, don't don't tell anyone, but um. But I had to, I had to take some super glue to some of the stuff because a lot of the accent pieces just would fall off, mm-hmm. just because how that, you know, with the the push and play stuff. Because I had to take some super glue to it. But um, but I don't see. She forgot the the bottom vents on the chest. Okay. I just haven't gotten around to it yeah. because it, you know you've got to get all the stuff out, all the all the runners, and then you've got to get the cutters, and you've got to file it down. There's a real, there's a real faff. Yeah, it'd take me like ten minutes just to put the plates in. Yeah, so there's YouTubers that build like everyone that comes out I'm like oh, I don't know. it's a lot of time and sometimes sometimes they paint them as well yeah because I spent my whole like pretty much my whole half time making all I did mm. it was like it was a fun week yeah but like it was like a few hours a day just like chipping away at building it mm-hmm. 
and then painting it took ages as well. Painting it would take a long time as well, and and, and the, that's the problem. You the painting process can compromise the build that you've made mm-hmm. after the fact. Like that, that you're, well, painting it makes it look great, but you're just you're adding more steps that could ruin the build. Yeah, I, that's cause that's what I was worried about, is the fact that I could absolutely just especially if it's like out. one of the only ones you've got. Yeah, but it looks great. Came out really yeah. nice, and you changed the paint scheme to kind of be like the Blitz Gundam, like yeah, almost, you know, like yeah. gunmetal. Yeah, bits of reddened stuff. Yeah, because I had a weird trip to the because there's a model shop on Northwest Avenue, and yeah. I was like, I don't have any model paints. Like my dad has some like spray paints, mm. but I want to get some actual model paints. Mm. So I go there and like, hey, can I have some model paints? He's like, oh, oh, why of course. <laughs> and like, <laughs> well, like some kind of fantastical vendor. Of yeah, because have you ever been in there? What to the model shop on Northwest Avenue? Yeah, no, I haven't been. It's, it's a crazy place. I have no idea how it stays afloat because I've seen two people go in there in my entire life. Well, I think people go in there and they buy like the fucking like HMS Dolores Mega Centurion yeah. build. I think he must have paid off the shop years ago. What and he owns it now? And he owns the, the area that it is in. Because I can't imagine him making enough money to cover rent. No, and and, and, you, and you look in the window and you, it's just a, it's just a chocker block of ridic- like sun bleached packaging. Yeah, because he just and, has like stuff there. And not, not, none of that really interests me because there's no gunpla in there. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't really like. I, I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm a fan of model kits only if they are giant robots. Yeah, I want to model cut something like really cool. Like I've done like airfix kits before. I yeah, I had a planes I can do. I had night time. Plane, planes are cool. I did a cool like custom mini where I used some like Warhammer paints to like dirty up. Ooh, that sounds cool. But yeah, but yeah. then like so I went to this guy's shop. He's a lovely guy, but it's just like he's like a hoarder. Yeah. Like you see that on like those like videos where it's like these hoarders they've got like all their trash in their house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like that, but it's just model boxes. It's just bricks. There's like the door. There's like I'm using my hands so the audio people can't look to hear it. But there's like a corridor almost. Yes. Between boxes. Stacked up boxes. Yeah. Then there's like a little hole where you can see the guy. It's like it's like um it's like I don't know. It kind of reminds me of something you see in Harry Potter. Yeah, that's like what the I was one shot. Yeah, it's like the one shot. But because. And 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 it, it it looks like a place like frozen in time almost just from because the bo- you can tell the boxes at the window haven't been moved or sold because they're just they've been bleached by the sun so hard over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's some I don't know maybe some early two thousands or like late nineties Lego yeah. sets deep deep in those boxes. Yeah, that like you can down see. at the bottom, like you can see it from the window, but mm. they actually get to it. You have to like. Reach yeah. your hand you'd have to you'd have to displace a lot of material to get to that and stuff. That's, that's a lot of effort. That is a lot of effort because you you're not going to go and you don't. No one wants to be the dickhead who walks into the shop and goes, "Hey, can I have the, can I have the nineteen ninety eight Lego fire truck that's two meters deep in your pile of boxes at the le- at the window?" But the guy's quite nice. I think he would get it out for you. He probably would, but then, like, how much would it cost? Uh, yeah, because because he didn't. He just kind of estimated because I was like. Do you have model paints? He was like, why, of course. <laughs> and then I was like, what, he was like, what do you need? I was like, uh, probably acrylic based, I guess. I don't know. Because um, I read those are better for the plastics they're using Gunpla. Then well, yeah, he, they're plastic, he, he gets like a little drawer out, hmm. opens up the drawer, and there's just loads of like, little like cans of paint. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just have, hmm. have a look at the colours. I got like a black and then like a red that I like, kind of like, look of. But I don't really want to like have a deep look because I don't want to be in the shop for an ex- any more time than I had to be. Yeah. So I kind of got the first black I saw. It's like it's like it's like going to McDonald's and not knowing what you want to order, 
mm-hmm. and then have just choosing being like, oh, yeah. can I get twenty cheese dippers and a, oh. and two chicken selects and a, some medium fries and they go, you, you can't get that as a meal. I would ask. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's like that. Yeah. You, you had to make the decision because you didn't want to stand there in front of him for too long. Yeah, because like, the red I got wasn't the red I, that was on the lid. It was like a matte burgundy almost. But it was still quite Is nice. Is that the one you used in the barber toss? Yeah. No, that was good. No, yeah, but it wasn't what I thought it was. No, that's and, fair. And then I got like a silver. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, do you have primer? And he was like, yes. And he just started like rooting around in like his <laughs> piles of paper. Like, you get a. And he handed me a half-empty can with no lid of the wrong kind of primer. What? And I was just like, thanks, I'll take this. And then I was like, so how much is it? He was like, there's three paints, there's three paints, and then the thing. <laughs> the half-opened uh, fucking... Take money off because it's been used. And he's just like, you said like six pounds. Really? Like, uh, yeah, it was more than that. It's really good. Uh, yeah, it was. Like you go into like um, I mean, when they used to sell model paints at um Toy Galaxy and even Broadway, you used to go in there and you like model paints would be like five pounds each or something. Well, those are the Citadel paints. Those are like they're, well, those they're, are they're like... the ones made for the Warhammer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but these were just like Tamiya are... paints oh. or whatever. But then I went home and like I showed them to my mum and she was like, <laughs> "These are really old." And I was like, "Are they?" <laughs> Did you check the sell by date before you? No, know, there was, there's need. no sell by date. But we looked because the model kit fandom is so dedicated that there's a website for oh, these really? cameo paints wow. of like dating the labels really wow. and they were the second edition labels from when like, from like the 70s no way really <laughs> yeah were they unopened it was, it was unopened yeah so you, you're probably like the first guy to go in there and buy those paints ever exactly because this because i mean my dad hasn't yeah my parents bought the house not long before they were married yeah I think. And then, like... So it hasn't been more than, like, 25 years they lived in Ely. Mm. But the, my dad says the shop's been there for the entire time. Yeah, yeah, it's been there for ages. But has it been there since the 70s, though? Because that's what the paint... <laughs> 70s? To be honest, I doubt it. Because it, it was, like, 1977. I don't see... I was like, this is when the label was from. I don't see, I don't see a reason why that guy couldn't have purchased those paints pro- from someone, let's say, in the 80s. And and then had them in stock for that long. Yeah. Cause that, were, yeah, the paints worked fine. But that does confirm your theory can, about the shop not getting enough business. Yeah. Because if you're the first person to purchase those paints in 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> and you use them probably... To, to, his, to, his, to his dismay to paint a giant Japanese robot <laughs> yeah well yeah because he asked me what they were for and I was like uh, that's Ganda and he's like oh, what and I was like a Japanese model robot and he was like oh so oh. I don't think he has any there get out no I doubt I doubt get the would. hell out of well, it because it's full of like World War 2 stuff yeah. he probably hates the Japanese <laughs> fucking Japanese he was like get out of here you weeaboo <laughs> yeah but I just feel like I don't know what he does throughout the day because he doesn't tidy up <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that for sure he doesn't tidy he doesn't check his stock yeah because imagine you walked in there it's like hey do you have a 2003 Harrier Jump Jet 
by any chance. She's like, oh, yes. And he's like, <laughs> dives into a pile of boxes. Or like, like Scrooge yeah, McDuck. Like, Scrooge McDuck. his coins. And she's got like, just rooting through his boxes of models. Oh. And then like, you're there for like half an hour and you like, you just see like a hand go out, reach out the top of the pile. Like a terminator. It's like, I found it. Oh. And then you ask him how much he is, he like, looks at the box, looks how like, scrambled up He gives it a bit of a sniff and he's like, mm, 15 pounds, give or take. Because he didn't even know how much the he didn't know how much the paint cost. He looks at you and he goes, oh, "What year is it?" And you're like, oh, "2019." Oh, 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 what? <laughs> where's my Where's my inflation calculator? <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Yeah, that's just like, like he's he's quite a nice guy, but I, I I'm scared of him because he works in that shop without having, to my knowledge, a mental breakdown. Well, I think I think the the fact that he doesn't take stock. Stops him from having that mental breakdown. But do you think he buys he's, new he's kits? ignoring it. But do you think he buys new kits? I think I think if if I have no idea. I'm just being honest. I have no idea. If it was me, however, and I had that much stock, I would only ever buy new stock if someone bought the thing. If someone bought something, I would literally replace it to one to one. So I would never ever have more or less stock. But I don't want to. I don't think you shouldn't have that much stock though. But if I did, we we used to go there one day, so I just we'll show go. you how like horribly. Well, like, I've been. I think I've been. I, I think you've walked past it. But you haven't stepped it. inside. I've stepped into the doorway because Billy Parker, name troll. <laughs> because that's his full name as well. <laughs> yeah, that's his full name. Because um, because a friend of mine, who you've wanted previously to... <laughs> name dropped, so there's <laughs> no use in referring um, to him like that. Who um, Billy went in there for some model paints or something, or to look at a model because mm-hmm. I think like a World War Two vehicle of some kind. Yeah. So I did kind of get a glimpse inside, but I didn't go all the way in. I, I, I kind of was interested because sometimes you you know I see some Lego in there and it's like I like Lego. I don't I'm not really fan of the model kits, but I like the Lego. Uh-huh. But there's never any good Lego. It's always yeah. ridiculously old Lego. In there. But I feel like that's just one of the businesses just as pretty pretty much entirely killed by the internet. Because the only reason why I bought paints from him is because I wanted to paint the model kit that day. Yeah, you want you don't want to wait. If I was happy to wait a day, I could have gotten one Amazon. Mm. I probably wouldn't. I probably would have spent more money, but then I would have got paints from this millennium. (laughs) (laughs) You would have paints from the last three decades instead of the fucking ridiculously old. That's crazy, man. Imagine like a like little Timmy in the seventies, like painting his wooden toy plane. No, they're not for wood. They're for plastic. Please. Sorry, mate. Don't use them on wood. What happens if you use them on wood? Explodes. It's fiery. <laughs> it's a horrible explosion. Let's do flammable for those paints. You know what? Um, you know what? Speaking of fiery explosions, oh, um, I watched the opening scene to Apocalypse Now. Oh, the movie. Yeah. In film studies today. Okay. I haven't seen Apocalypse Now. I'll put that out there right now. I don't think I have. But I've seen the opening scene to Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Justly. Um, and it's really it's really interesting because it starts off with like a wide shot, like a, a long shot of the the Vietnamese jungle, and for about twenty seconds it's just that, mm-hmm. and then the song starts called "The End" by Jim Morrison or something. Okay. Um, like a kind of slow country song, and when he says "This is the end," the whole forest just lights up in napalm. It's like it's quite it's quite yeah know, emotive. Um. And like, like a month ago, I watched um, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. 
by Stanley Kubrick. And that's also about the Vietnam War. Um, and I was just thinking how kind of crazy that whole thing is. The Vietnam War? Yeah. Or the movie? The Vietnam War. And also the fact that Marlon Brando was ridiculously fat in Apocalypse Now, and they tried to hide it from everyone. Man, Marlon Brando. So he was such a hot guy. He, he was a very attractive... He, well, that's the thing. Like, in, in the... In the in, in the movies I've seen of him, which has literally just been a streetcar named Desire, he was a very attra- he's a very attractive man. But like he he's almost he's like he's like the last generation's Chris Hemsworth. I think it's before the last generation. Before, yeah, sorry. Maybe you like know, the generation before the that. last the last millennium. He's he's boomer Chris last Hemsworth. Last century. Yeah. He's boomer lo- Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Like, you know. But he 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 gives off that that kind of energy of being that person in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was in a lot of things quite d- densely packed together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he was just he was just a beautiful man. Beautiful man. But but uh, good lord did he fall off. Yeah. But was it like stress eating or was he just like fuck you guys I'm just gonna get fat? Well it was it was kind of like the Elvis Presley thing. Like okay. fast food became a thing and it was delicious. And yes. the health in the impacts on health hadn't fully been mm-hmm. re- explored so he just he just ate and ate and ate and ate and it's not even like he just ate fast food he ate some crazy stuff and this is this is, this is based on the true reports apparently one time during filming well not during filming but not you know, not when the camera's rolling but on set yeah. he rode out into the middle of a lake on a rowing boat with a, a, a loaf of bread that had been stuffed with fried bacon just to eat it, and so no one could stop him. stop him. No one could stop him. That's crazy. That sounds like it was either a loaf of uh, the loaf of bread and the bacon. He he has eaten, but it might have been a gallon of ice cream that he rode out on the lake for. That might, that sounds like something I do whilst drunk. Yeah, he 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 took a boat out. You know, like a like little fully rowed. He like rowed out it. onto the middle of a lake to eat the the food. I don't know if it was because people were trying to stop him or if he was preemptively attempting to. Never let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> but he was going to be on. He was going to be there for a while, eating. If you rode out far enough into the lake, though, you might have burnt off the calorie, the millions of calories, <laughs> billions of calories, bacon stuffed bread, or a pint of ice cream. Well, there's nothing that synergizes there, apart mm. from being like a ridiculously intense bacon sandwich. Yeah. There's nothing that really lends its. There's nothing that lends bacon to being stuffed in bread. On the subject of bacon and bread, Sainsbury's meal deal sandwiches. Okay. There's a sandwich named No Mayo Bacon Sandwich. Yes. I have I've never in my entire life seen a mayo bacon sandwich. I want a mayo bacon sandwich. Because the existence of such has been implied to you. Well, and I think it would be nicer. I think bacon gets quite dry, bread gets quite dry, mayo isn't dry. Bake- mayo is the saviour of a lot of sandwiches. It is. I really... Because it is characteristically without flavour when you give something flavourful to it. Yeah, it's like a you know what I mean. It's like a platform for your mm-hmm. for your foods. It's like it's a glue. It's, it's an it's, edible it's the it's an edible lubricant for your food. Yeah. I hate to be scientific about it, but that's what it is. Yeah. Because because that's the thing, you can have mayonnaise with stuff that is relatively neutral in flavour, like bread or chips. And, and you'll get the best. mayonnaise flavour. Because it's creamy and rich, and it's got a salt to it, mm-hmm. and egg, and egg, and it will make that thing nicer. 
but it won't completely take away from the flavor of that thing. Yeah. But then you put it in something that has a flavor, like a bacon sandwich, for and per then se. it's just bacon but wet. Then it's just the the taste of bacon, without the dryness of the bread. Because have you seen like the magic trick where it's like two bananas, and they're side by side, and then you move the left banana to the right, and one of the bananas initially looks smaller, but then when you move the bigger banana, to the other side of the smaller banana, the one that was bigger now looks much smaller because it's like curved. Really. So it's like an optical illusion. Oh. It's like bacon's like that, but with flavor. Right. So you have bacon with a bland food. No, I mean, not bacon, mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. You have mayonnaise with a bland food. And you're like, okay, mayonnaise tastes like something. Yes. You have mayonnaise with flavorful food. Mm-hmm. Mayonnaise tastes like nothing. I, I know exactly, that's exactly, yes. Yeah. That's exactly our point. That is my point. Yeah, no, no, I understand exactly what you mean. Uh-huh. And, that, and in that way, mayonnaise is, hear me out, not the perfect f- food <laughs> stuff, but... A perfect foodstuff because yeah. it does exactly what you want it to all the time. Exactly, mayonnaise never, mayonnaise can never do you wrong. It can never, it will never disobey. But at the same time, in the in the in the the subject of attempting to make a bacon sandwich not dry, uh-huh. if we if we're assuming that the bacon sandwich is constructed out of white or brown bread and crispy streaky bacon. Right, cooked to a crispy amount, with very little chewy fat inside it. Yeah. I has a this is a, a point that I have, and that is, sandwiches are just ways of getting what's inside the sandwich into your mouth without touching it. Mm-hmm. The bread is secondary to the filling of the sandwich. Because I recently, I had a bit of a phase where I didn't really like bread that much. No, I've been through because that. Because I suddenly stopped liking bland foods I just like they made me feel like I like gagged really yeah I don't know what it was it was just like a physical reaction yeah like I didn't like be sick yeah just like the thought of eating just like a plain slice of bread Mm. kind of made me feel ill that's interesting because it just like you know like gummed me up yeah whereas like but a sandwich with mayonnaise mm well, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, yeah, I'm happy with that as well. Also mustard. Oh, I like mustard, yeah. But mustard and mayonnaise kind of go hand in hand, I think. Because I used to do, like, a crazy thing uh, when I'd come home for lunch where i just root around in my fridge to find stuff to put in a sandwich. Yeah, no, I remember you telling me about this. So I'd end up with, like... Because it would be a toasted sandwich as yeah. well. So it'd end up being, like, chicken, like, two different types of cheese, like, pickles, and then, like, jalapenos. Okay. And then I'd be like, this is a sandwich. This is a, this a, a real sandwich. That's, that's not too bad. But then at either. times it got weird because I then have an intermediate bread slice mm-hmm. so I could have a different flavour combination on the top okay. and the bottom. Now you're getting zany. Because now I feel I feel like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Where I just have like... Where you eat mm. the, the stupid sandwich. Yeah, because I'd have like my classic like chicken and cheese but then I'd have like Sunday dinner's leftovers. Mm. So it'd be like beef mm. and mm. another type of cheese. See, because at that point... If I was, if it was me, if I was you, yeah. I would then separate those two sandwiches and enjoy them separately. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> You're a busy man. <laughs> You're a busy man. You don't have that kind of time. But what I do is I'd have to toast the intermediate slice of bread a little bit first. Otherwise it, it doesn't retain. It get toasted in the toasting yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. It, w- it would just get too moist otherwise as well. Yeah. 
we could we, we could do, we could do a whole episode of toasted sandwiches. I think maybe we will. I maybe, think maybe, we we, will. maybe we will. Maybe we will. Anyway, episode um, three. I think we're gonna wrap that up. Wrap it up here. Yeah, we have a feature length podcast. We do. We could we could release <laughs> this with audio of I don't know nothing or video of nothing. Yeah. And 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 literally be in a movie theater. Literally have it in cinemas near you. Near you, the listener at home. Or near or near you, Eric. Or near me. Most likely, they're very close to each other. Yes, due to the nature of the distribution of this podcast. But um, it's gonna it's gonna be on it's gonna be on everything. So um, you know, subscribe, yeah. like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Um, <laughs> if if there's a bell where you're what where you're listening. If you can find a bell nearby, please hit, hit, hit it. it. Don't ring it. If there's a like or an enjoy or a heart, try clicking that. See what it does. You can try the dislike as well if you want. But I don't want you to. Okay. And let's try and get this the most disliked podcast on YouTube. <laughs> let's see. Because we're going to put this on a lot of platforms. <laughs> we're not sure how many yet. Because I read out a list and most of them were fake. Because but you were, some of them you were, were deceiving me. Because I was deceiving you. But some of them were real. Yeah. I know. So, I know well, yeah. Okay, cool. Of course, HCast is real and Spotify's not. Uh, you know, I get the joke. Yeah. But... I wonder if we're gonna get any views on like Hcast. It it would be it would be fun to, it would be fun to see this just become someone else's thing <laughs> instead of instead of the people around us. Yeah, it's just like some because it's like the video oh, I made for wow. Maths. Oh wow! Look at that. Our, our main viewership bodies in Bolivia. <laughs> yeah, because it's like the video I made for maths that one time. There was like fifteen views in a day from people I knew in school. Yeah. Then like a month later, mm. there was like twenty views. From like India, <laughs> yeah. I was like, how did, how do they find it? Because it wasn't titled good. The algorithm likes it. The algorithm liked it. The, algor- in- the Indian algorithm likes it. Hopefully, the algorithm likes this. Because I don't think there's such thing. We've invested a lot of time into this. We have. We'll we'll do a, we'll do a, a setup tour. Oh, some other time. The second episode will start with a setup tour. But um, but for now, um, that's that's it. See ya. <laughs>